Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Okay, so today we have Baron Buter from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Baron, how are we doing? Uh, I'm great. How are you doing, Tarun? I'm doing well. Where in Kansas City do you live? Uh, in the Northland. Uh, like Pennsylvania, Liberty. Kansas City? Oh, uh, no, like Liberty, of- way out. That's even way out there, yeah. <laughs> Liberty is a solid 45 minutes outside the city. Uh, nah, 15 minutes. It's been a while oh, since you've been here. <laughs> 15 minutes from where? Listen, from where, 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 where we lived. We lived in, uh, like, uh, Mission. Oh, okay. that's, not, that's Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas yeah. City, downtown Missouri, that's 15 minutes. That's where the dental school is. It's 15 minutes from here. You think it really only takes you 15 minutes to get there? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I belong to a study club. I go down there once a, once a month. That's not bad, once a month. Yeah. That's good. So, Baron, tell me about your practice. What's going on there in Kansas City? Are you from there? Uh, no, I'm actually from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I met my wife up in Iowa at a small school, and she's from here. So, now I'm from here. That's, that's um, amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but that's all right. It's worked out well. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough. I met my wife, and she's from Fort Lauderdale, Miami. And uh, I had literally—I don't even think I had opened my practice when we got before. We, no, no, I know we—I was already open my practice when we got married. But when we met, no, actually, we got married before I opened my practice. And uh, but I still convinced her to move here. So nice, good, good work. Lucky, lucky me. So that's good. So, uh, so talk, talk to me about your practice. I mean, how old are you, Brad? How old am I, you said? Yeah. Um, I'm 33 years old. And you graduated, what, three, four years, four, five years ago? Seven. I graduated Seven. in 10. Okay, yeah. so that's been a while. All right, so would you consider yourself a millennial? I guess I am right on the cusp. Uh, okay. Technically, but, I am. I'm but, the old millennial. But mentally, would you consider yourself a millennial? Oh, um... Uh, yeah, I'm a. I guess I don't know. I guess, <laughs> depends if it's a, if it's a bad definition or a good definition. No, no. Pretty, I mean, it's, you know, technology-wise, I'm, I'm I'm definitely into everything new, if you will. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I try to think how 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 to think of a millennial. I'm not. Um, super how'd you get into How'd you get into practice then? Did you um, practice? Did you start a practice? Yeah, so I started uh, in 2010 as an associate, and uh, it was supposed to be an associate to buy over a few year span. But after a year of own, of working, my um, uh, senior doctor, my uh, employer, decided he was ready to retire and asked me if I wanted to go ahead and uh, buy the practice. 
So I bought okay. it six years ago. You're out of school. So what made you like out of school want to go into an associate? Was it important to you to go into an associateship where you had that potential or the the intention to buy the practice? Yeah, for me it was definitely important to have some ownership. I mean, I was exploring. Honestly, I was I had uh, four different job opportunities on the table. Three of them for the long time. Which one was public health? One was working for like a DMO, and then uh, not DMO. Um, DSO. Yeah, thank you. DSO, and then or working uh, buying into a, a group practice, buying out one of the many doctors. Straight um, out of school. Yes. Doesn't so that was, feel? That, doesn't that scare you? But that's like getting married on a first date. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, that's why I mean, and I didn't. I certainly didn't like the idea of buying into a group because, yeah, you said getting married on a first date because owning owning your own business at one point is a big enough deal, but then tying yourself to four other doctors and just hoping you get along, that that was that almost pushed me into public health, even though I I didn't think I wanted to go that direction, and it was going to be about an hour and a half away from where in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I couldn't really afford to sell our townhome. It was going to be, it, it was not going to work out well. I was almost about to pick that over buying into a group practice because it just made me too anxious. Um, I, I, I just, as an owner of a practice myself, I just, I couldn't, like, I, I, I have this conversation over and over with people that, like, when I interview or when pe- people talk to him, like, so is there a possibility to buy in? I'm like, sure. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to say yes to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying no either, but I can't say yes. I mean, I don't even know if we're gonna, because I mean, I'm at an age where I'm not trying to go away. Yeah. You know, if it, I was it, it, if I was 60 and I was trying to go away, then sure, yeah, yeah, go ahead, let's sign a deal or whatever it may be. It was it was a little different though in this situation. This wasn't them looking for a partner. This is one of the partners was looking to sell his practice. And so exactly, and and technically they weren't actually. I should clarify. They were. We worked together. They um, had the same large building. They owned the building together. So the patients were all their own. Okay. So they didn't really have any control. He could sell whoever he wanted. But I knew going in that would mean I we would have to share the front office and the building ownership. And I, you know, there, there's certain limitations. Um, technology. They share their technology. Um, so it, it was sort of a half partnership, if that makes sense, but they didn't have any control over who he sold to. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, I, I don't know about that right now. So, <laughs> I, so, so talk, to us, talk to me about how, what you chose and how you chose it and what made you decide that and how'd you find it. And, you know, kind of if we were talking to other fourth year dental students or yeah. graduating students that are, you know, looking in your situation. So I guess, honestly, I got lucky because I was exploring those three options. And then out of nowhere, uh, a friend of mine, a classmate, said, hey, I know someone. He's looking to retire in the next five years, and he's looking for an associate. And you guys should you know, go out, grab lunch, and talk with each other. And sure, we went and had coffee, and um, I think we uh, had a handshake agreement in three days. Now, so I mean, it, was, it was like it's just lunch? You guys had a first date? Yeah, we had we we yeah, but again, that was an associate to buy. It was a we can either one of us could get out of it. Uh, it did have a buy-in agreement. You know that way the price okay. was set going in. We knew where it would be in case I grew the practice or whatever. I wasn't gonna have to pay for the growth, but um, it was yeah, it was it was all set up once. I mean, we talked about it, and then you know, over the next few weeks we ironed out all the details. Um, but yeah, I liked that. I mean, it gave me uh, some comfort knowing that I could leave if I needed, and he didn't feel tied to me. He could let me go at any point. 
Uh, Wait, well, just... what, were you still in school at this point? Yeah, yeah. This was March or April, and I was graduating at the end of May. Okay, so a couple of months. And so you hadn't tied yourself down. So what would have happened if you had tied yourself down to, say, public health or something like that? Do you, would you, do you think you would have been in a position to, uh, to back out and take this better opportunity? Um, well, I think, I mean, with, as with most contracts, you have so much time that you have to, you know, give notice. So I would think with public health, I honestly didn't see the contract, but I'm guessing it would have been a 90-day, you know, something to that effect. Like, um, and then, uh, the, obviously, the buying of that group practice, that would have been, you know, close the door on me. And then going into that DSO, then similar, just would have been the contract. So, I mean... But I wonder if contracts don't execute when you actually start, because technically you're not even a licensed dentist, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it is, a, is it, but the contract's not tied to your dental license or an NPI. Well, it's it tied to, to you personally. Well, I would imagine that it's con- it's tied to you being able to practice dentistry. Yeah, true. Yeah. But anyway, we. I don't want. So let me. Let me. The yeah, reason no. I ask this is, um, so ultimately that's like opportunity, right? That's that's being in the right place at the right time. Something showing up, and part of that is keeping yourself out there, and part of that is also not tying yourself down. So retrospectively, would you tell other dental students for about to graduate to to lock something down early or to kind of get out and play the field or, you know, what would you tell them to do? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, let's get back to this week's episode. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I wouldn't tie myself down anything permanently until I felt really good about it. Um, okay. Because there, there's a, there are a lot of opportunities out there, but unfortunately, with the amount of debt that they're getting, and I had 250 These, you know, some today's grads are getting almost twice that. All right, so now, okay, so now, now you brought up the debt thing. No, that's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's I, I, no, I, it's, it's real, okay? It's no question. It's not like it's fake money, okay? It's not like fake news, fake money. But let's let's listen. You're, you're so you so you're seven years out. Looking back, five five even five years out, does the debt matter? 
No, I mean, it hasn't really affected my life. Right. But that's a, so, but did it hold you back from taking CE? Did it hold you back from technology? Did it hold you back from those things to achieve the success that you're having now? Um, no, it definitely did. But I mean, at the same time, I have to be, I, mean, I have to be upfront that I got, I, I consider myself very lucky. The practice I found and bought was a, was a nice, you know, so it's, it's a little bit tougher when I look at, okay, here, here you go. I got a buddy that practices in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And, you know, he didn't, I don't even know if he made six figures um, in sure. the first few years. But those are so, choices um, we make, how we put yep. ourselves out there. See, that's also, see, and that, see, this is my point, Baron, and we're going to get to you in a second and all of that stuff, okay? But, but this is my point in, in this whole concept of the student debt is I believe what people are doing is they're creating roadblocks in their mind from achieving their potential success by letting it be an un, unnecessary burden on themselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, heck, just with the way you can do, um, what is it? Graduated repayment. I mean, you can you can you can open yourself up to be able to still do other things. You took CE your, your first sec, first one two years out of school, correct? Oh, absolutely. A lot of CE. Yeah, 150, 200 hours or something. Like cheapo CE that you did on YouTube or the oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. I did, or did you take CE? I did. But I did, did you everything. Do, did you do good CE as well? Yeah. I, like, I, ex- oh, like I shouldn't say good. I, let me not say good CE. I Let's say expensive CE. Yeah. yeah, I did. I didn't. I did do. I didn't do a lot of it. Of course, mm-hmm. I would be able to do one to two. You know, you know, three thousand dollar courses a year. Okay, uh, but that's still and, pretty good. Yeah. So I, I basically, I think it's reasonable to budget. You know, five to ten thousand dollars a year, even on a low income. Um, it, but uh, or, or would you or say it's reasonable or it's necessary? Oh, I'd say it's, I think it's necessary if you actually okay. want to be able to increase your income. So, so last thing, okay? So here, here's what I believe, okay? I believe coming out of school, you have about six months worth of education under your belt. <laughs> I, and what I mean by that is I think six months into practice, you've tapped out the knowledge you've gained from dental school in terms of the procedures you can do, in terms of what you can do to increase your revenue, because ultimately the ability to increase your revenue is tied directly to the types of procedures you can do. Yeah, that's 100% agree. Yeah, so I mean, to me, that's the that's the challenge for people that I hear that say that, hey, I can't take a education because it costs money or whatever it is, or because I don't have any money, then it's a catch-22. It's a never-ending cycle in that situation. Yeah, you, you it, as they say, it takes money to make money. So if you're not gonna yeah. invest yourself, you're not going to reap the, the benefits. I mean, you invested 60, 70, whatever the dollar amount is per year to get your dental degree. To me, it's, it's reasonable to invest 10 grand a year in, in learning. And, and certainly you have to be smart about what you learn and how you learn and what courses you choose. But anyway, no more soapbox on that. So, all right. So talk to me about your practice. I mean, what, what define your practice to me? If you were giving me an elevator pitch about your practice, what would you say? Oh boy. Um, okay. It's, uh, middle, uh, Middle of America. I mean, I practice in the heart of America. My practice is pretty much, you know, defined by that. We have about 85% is uh, PPO. Um, And so, yeah, we participate with four different insurance plans. So I'm pretty familiar with all that. Are you by yourself? Yes. I had an associate. I've had, yeah, I've had an associate for the last four years uh, until about a month and a half ago. Um, And do you intend to replace him or her? 
I don't know. Yes, I, I most likely. But at the moment, no. I, I had an associate. He was an excellent associate. Was with me for uh, three years, um, and was is an awesome dentist. But he bought a practice, and he's which made sense. I knew it was honestly. I lost a lot of sleep waiting for that day to come. Um, and I had a second practice so that both of us could have the volume we needed. But when I found out he was going to uh, leave and he bought his own practice, it was time for me to sell the other one and just focus on my primary office. So now, so did you sell that practice because he left? He he left. Basically, I mean, I, I had already been considering it before, but only because of the the ever well overwhelming fear that at some point he was going to leave and I was going to have to manage two full time practices. Why I didn't want to hire again? Did you consider selling him that second practice? I did. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a good option for him just ge- geographically where he wanted okay. to live. He was driving about forty five minutes, and when you're in Kansas City, you really most people don't want to drive that far to work. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty spread out city, by the way. So yeah. Yeah, well exactly. He's in the Kansas. He's where you live. Yeah, that so, I mean, office was in Liberty. I mean, so technically, if you, if you live in Stanley, that's considered Kansas City, at, you know, to a certain degree, right? And so from Stanley to you, I mean, that's considered the metro area. That's a long drive. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's Olathe, you know, Lenexa, yeah, Exactly. All he areas. was from he was from Olathe, so thirty yeah. minute drive for him each day is what he drove, um, and now he practices about fifteen minutes from home. So, uh, which is now, let, let me ask you this, okay? What was his this person's age? And he was straight out of school, and straight he was with me for three years, okay, four years so, apart. So, in in theory, I would drive forty five minutes to be in an unbelievable practice or an unbelievable opportunity. You know, because ultimately those don't come around that often. Yeah. So, right. interesting. So, and, 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 yeah, it, the the practice I was selling um, was just a quote of an average practice. I mean, nothing okay. fancy. I mean, it, it had Sarek and we did, you know, it had nice equipment and we got to do some advanced procedures because we do, uh, you know, uh, fun stuff, implants and whatnot and some ortho and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a diamond in the rough. That he, you know, if if I had offered to sell him my other practice, he probably would have been okay with the drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. All right, cool. So you've talked about procedures there. So talk to me about the procedure mix at your practice. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all-annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 
3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Okay, so uh, we uh, it sounds sort of cliche to say it, but we do just about everything. We okay. try to. I mean, ortho. Uh, yep. Ortho. Adolescent, adolescent orthodontics. Yes. Yes, sir. So, so if I was a 12-year-old, I could get braces in your practice. Yeah, okay. I still refer out some. I mean, I because sure, I'm course. not an orthodontist, and yeah. I have some great orthodontists I work with. But soft um, tissue grafting. Yes. Yep. Okay, so literally everything. Basically, I mean, I I pick and choose if it's if it's a root canal I don't want to mess with. I refer. No, no, out. no, no. I get that. I, I, yeah. No, that's that's fair. I mean, I I get that. There's no nobody in the right mind should do every literally everything. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but. At the end of the day, you have every service. Now, when you bought this practice, what was the service mix like? It was much more bread and butter, uh, stellings and okay. Crown Bridge, and that's nothing else. All right, so uh, let, let's let me stress this point then, okay? So, so ultimately, your practice that you have today, okay, became what it is, or the success it's becoming, or has become, is because you took what was there, you took the foundation, and you built on it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So you would say, would you say it was a typical 1980s, 90s restorative base practice, drill, fill, bill, crown and bridge, maybe occasional anterior endo? Yeah, and very occasional. Okay. <laughs> very, right. very rare. Okay. So, so basically, if you, if I, if I, okay, before you bought the practice, if I walked into that practice, I could literally get a cleaning, I could get a filling, I could get some type of indirect restoration. Could I get a tooth taken out? Um, if there was only soft tissue attachment. Okay, so essentially, what else can I get done besides those three things then? Um, nah, um, uh, dent dentures removable. He did removable. Okay, I could get removable. So yeah. if I, so I had you, your dentist that you purchased this practice from huh? had four tools in his tool belt. Yeah, I mean at, at that point, before yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to play him down. At before, no, 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 no. earlier in his career, he did much more. But at, by the time he was getting ready to retire, he stopped doing endo. He stopped doing extractions. And he had never done implants or, um, or ortho. I think he did a little ortho a long time ago. But, um, yeah, so it was very basic um, of what was going on, the, the, the true uh, basics of dentistry at the point when I took over. And, and I'm not trying to put anybody. I don't even know who the person is. Okay? Yeah, I understand. But, but what I'm, what, the point I'm trying to make is ultimately double-fold, okay? It's for people that this, this series of our podcast is targeting the millennials, okay? Or younger, younger, you know, young in their 10 years and less in dentistry, okay? Is that to me, what you look for is you look for a practice that you can build upon, not build more of the same things, because who in the hell wants to do more fillings and crowns and all of that? There's a, it's a rate limiting step of how much you can grow, okay? And then my other point selfishly also is to my generation of dentists, the people that have been out, you know, 50, 18 to 25 years is most of us, you know, I'm a little bit different, but most of my colleagues are getting into those things now. And what I'm seeing is the timeline of going from a restorative 80s, 90s dentist to being the, the true modern, the 2010, 2020 dentist is, is the gap is the sh timeline is shortening. I mean, your generation is coming in and they're essentially learning and doing these procedures within five years that it took me 10 to 12 years to get the courage to do. And uh, what I'm telling my generation is, is your practices are going to die a slow death. 
or suffer if you don't get on board with these things. Yeah. And that that's that's my point in that, okay, is is that they've got you've got to if you're listening and you're my generation and you're not and you literally just have three, four, five things on your plate and your tool belt, I mean your patients are gonna look for other solutions at some point in time. Because if I walked into your practice, Baron, it sounds like I got twenty tools in my tool belt. Yeah. yeah. So how'd you get there? How'd you get from being the eighties, the, you know, buying the practice that was limited in what it did to doing the things you didn't learn those things in school, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess honestly, uh, Dentaltown was my first big, um, okay. like awakening just, there's just so much out there and realizing the, the openness, uh, a lot of people talking about just different products that I never would have heard of had I not, you know, t- learned from Dennis that had been there before. So trying to get ahead of the curve by you know, jumping on Dentaltown, uh, YouTube. And that's free. Exactly. You, okay. you can learn so much to get at least also to figure out what you want to learn more about, what right. actually interests you. Because um, at dental school, you know, it definitely it prepares us for boards, and that's realistically about all they can do. Six um, months worth so, of dentistry. There you go. So you got to learn what you really want to do by figuring out what's out there. Uh, today with Facebook, uh, it's even you know even more open. You can so see, would you say Facebook has is in a way replacing? Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to say that because I have such a personal connection to Dentaltown. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, I mean that's part of it, right? Yeah, I mean it is it's definitely evolved with Dennis with Facebook being so uh, it's, it's just so convenient. Everyone's yeah. got it on their phone, and you can reply. Now I will say that I still believe that message boards and forums are the best for truly learning and. Um, tracking cases and whatnot. As and far discussion. As, I think discussion yeah. is a little bit easier on that. I agree 100%. But um, it is, there's no doubt. that It, it doesn't live still, on your phone. Yes. I mean, yeah. they have an app, but it's, it's still not Facebook. Facebook is so quick and, and well, easy. Well, Facebook is $80 billion or whatever it is now. So, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah, yeah. I think there's a big difference there. All right. Yeah. So, so my point in what you just told me, what you said to me is, is uh and what i talk about often is that you spent time learning from 5 p.m to 8 a.m okay so so ultimately most of us work from 8 a.m to 5 p.m okay typically and then for many people that are struggling or say to me hey i'm not doing as well as i should you know my first question is is what are you doing from 5 p.m to 8 a.m and ultimately you've got to invest time at that time and and people then they get the excuse why i don't have money i'm like well dental town's free I mean, it's still good today. Those same things that you learned seven years ago are still on there. Okay, so you can still learn that. And then Facebook is unbelievable. And then for those for those that are even younger, there's Instagram. And I mean, I don't even understand what the hell all that is. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any excuse in that sense. So what what are your favorite procedures to do? Um, ortho and, and implants. Those are the okay. two things that I probably focus on. And why do you like those? They're, because I approach them from you know a computer planning technology perspective, and I, I enjoy that. Um, I mean, I, I like working things up on a computer, and um, yeah, I, okay. I started off with with Sarek. Sarek kind of got me into the whole CAD of, you okay. know, side of, of dentistry, and so since then, uh, implants were the next evolution for that for me. And right after that would be the digital ortho side. Okay, so do you have a cone beam in your practice as well? Yes. So, so yeah, true. Okay, so walk me through that technologically. I mean, would you say that you're technologically ninety ninety nine percent digital? What do you not have? I don't have any really fancy big honking lasers. I okay. All <laughs> I right. Got, so you have maybe a soft tissue laser. Yeah, 
Yep, okay. diode laser. I had a okay. CO2 laser. I, I, my I, by the way, I love your reaction to that, okay? Because it's like, it's like, yeah, like, so like when I got out of school, it's like, who didn't have an electrosurge? You, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I mean, like today's world, like, I mean, Al Miller from AMD Lasers, he made soft tissue lasers accessible to everybody. I mean, uh -huh. 2,500 bucks, you put one in each operatory. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know what brand you have. And, and but I mean, they made it easy to get to. So, so you have Sarek. Do you have any other type of digital impression systems? Um, no, just just Sarek. I mean, I have the Omnicam and Bluecam. Are you happy I, with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Would you recommend it to others as well? Yeah, I think there's a lot of other systems coming out there, but it's certainly the most put together functional system. I mean, it's, for chair side industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. I, yeah. It, if you're going to mill in office, you, I mean, great. You can buy another another one as well. But right now, if you want to mill an office efficiently, I think that it's the number one system. And a, and a clean, integrated workflow. Oh, it's absolutely. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Okay. And then what kind of cone beam do you have? I have the Throna XG3D. XG3D. So 8x8 eight eight, uh, field of view. Yep. Okay. So what, did these things exist in your practice when you bought it? No. I bought when my practice in June. I bought my cone beam in August. And I bought my Steric in December. Okay. So... All right, so let me come back to this. Okay, I'm gonna come full circle to a certain degree. So you're a quarter million dollars in debt, uh, student yeah. loans. Okay, yep. you bought a practice, so there's some debt there, and then <laughs> literally three months in, well, I'm assuming there's some debt there. Okay? No, no, I okay. mean some is an understanding. Yeah. yeah, and then three months in, essentially, you spent another quarter million dollars. Uh, eighth of a million. Uh, it's, it's about a hundred thousand for my my comb beam. But you're right. But oh, sorry. Then then three months later. Yeah, Sarek. So yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, quarter million. So quarter million dollars. I mean, unless you've got some deal, listen. But I want to know because I deserve the deals. If anybody deserves a deal, for God's sake. But okay, so so talk to me about that. I mean, is that your is that your because you're a gadget guy? What what makes you think that you or what drove drove you to buy those things so early yeah. and so quick? Yeah, it's actually really simple for me. Um, my practice didn't have a pan in the office, and I knew that I needed a pan. And so I'm going to buy a digital pan. Okay, I'm going to spend $40,000 on this digital pan. Or I yeah. can spend, and I did actually get a deal because it was a um, long story, but I got a, a nine, uh, the, the, my comb being for 90-some thousand as opposed okay, to Okay, so you got a few, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. yeah, not a steal. Um, so I got that, and I was so like, you know, I'm going to buy it eventually. I know I'm going to, I, I don't want to place an implant without a comb beam. At that point, I knew I wanted to do implants, but I just didn't feel, I realized that it just wasn't going to happen without comb beam first. So why put it off? I bought the comb beam. And then a few months later, I had gone through lab after lab, local labs, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to bash labs. I just kept getting um, you know, open margins, and I would actually bring the, the guy, one of the main lab guys back, and I said, what's wrong with my impression? I mean, I, if I did something wrong, please tell me so I don't do it again because I can't afford to, to keep doing these re, you know, reviews. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with it. I, and there's nothing wrong with it. And, I, and he told me himself. So either he was lying to me, or there was a miscommunication in the lab. So I don't know. So at that point, I said, fine. Everyone on Dental Town seems to think Sarek is, or not everyone, but there's yeah. enough of a following there to see that they say it's legit. Okay, let's do it. And, you know, uh, I, I think it's, I call, I call it the, um, well, I, I, I don't think it's safe to say now, but when I was buying all my stuff in 2008, 2009, I called it the Donald Trump theory. If you're going to go down burning, just go down burning, you know? I mean, yeah. at that point, if you're going to go down, you know, you might as well go down all the way. But, uh, okay. And have those both been good uh, purchases oh, for you? Well, they paid for themselves very quickly. So would your practice do 
what it's doing without that stuff? No. Not specific brands. I'm talking about no, just conceptually. No, I understand. Beam. No. Yeah. No. No. Would you, on your outside of dentistry stuff that you're doing, uh, would you be where you're at without having invested in that technology uh, some time ago? I guess, what do you mean by outside of dentistry? You mean yeah, just like at the, home? Life, or no, you no, no, your Blue Sky Bio, your teaching, teaching and, and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. and all no. that, yeah. No, because implants, the, the guided surgery stuff that I teach is based on, you know, it requires CT imaging. Okay. And then uh, the digital ortho requires, um, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily require those two things, but I also have a 3D printer in my office. Okay. And 3D printing is, is, is very active in what I'm teaching there. Okay, so do you, on the 3D printing thing, do you think it's something that every de- every digital dentist should go out and buy, or do you think maybe a year from now uh, there'll be more uses for it? Or w- what do you think? Okay, yeah, okay. There's two. Yeah, I own one, that. but I can afford to buy things and just yeah, let it sit there, which well, is what it's here's, doing. Here's so here's the deal. Uh, my Sarek, as you as you said, you know, costs a hundred hundred thirty thousand dollars. Right. You've got your um, comb beam, a hundred hundred thirty thousand dollars. My three D printer cost me four thousand dollars, including a service plan. So you got the form two? Yes. Okay. So I mean, I'm not saying everyone you know should just throw away four thousand dollars, but it's not the same sort of decision making. But you still have to get you know some use out of it. So with honestly, my biggest thing is if you're gonna do ortho, if you want to do aligners, then there's no question it pays for itself, because outsourcing the printing of models it, it works, but it gets um, expensive. Now outsourcing the printing of a surgical guide. That's not the same ROI because you're not going to be printing 20, you know, uh, surgical guides for a patient. You know, right. 20 models for a patient is realistic. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in in the next year, then we'll have denture resin uh, and possibly provisionals. There's some debate there as far as strength and shades, mm-hmm. but at least denture-based resin. Um, yeah, there's uh, and, and uh, night guards. Night guards is something that I mean, I think we all agree that you know, if you could turn them out yourself for a couple bucks instead of spending, you know, a hundred, you know, even on the low end, a hundred, hundred fifty dollars, um, you can, you know, definitely pay for it pretty quickly that okay. way. But that, that material is not here. So to your point in the future, I mean, it is, but, but anyway, long story. What do, we, what do we call it? Leading edge printing is still leading edge technology. It's, it's the newest thing that is truly growing. I believe, and it's but, going to be the, I, it's going to get most but, of the focus. And what I mean by that, and listen, I'm speaking from my own experience, okay? Yeah, I want printing to be awesome, okay? I bought the Form 2. I was so excited. It came in on a day I was off from work. I drove to the office, unboxed it, and I stared at it, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell do I do with this thing, right? So the first, the first thing I did was I downloaded a fidget spinner, okay? <laughs> and I put it into the software, and I'm like, okay... And, you know, I got an error printing and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit ADD and, and I, look, I get it. I was in Sarek in the red cam days. I was, you know, I was in the beginning. I'm technologically. You could do that. You could print. Right. No, exactly. I mean, listen, I'm technologically there. Okay. But, you know, I, I looked at it and I said, okay, it's, it's you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing the direct day-to-day uses for me. Now for me, the surgical guide thing, sure. Okay. One problem for me is I can mill them. It takes an hour. It costs me sixty bucks. I know I can print it for three or four dollars, but what the hell, fifty bucks at the end of the day, you know. Um, and, and and so some of those things are a little bit challenging for me. So, um, so, okay, so, so, so tell, you, tell so me you, on it. You, 
So I guess I misheard. You said leading edge. You mean bleeding edge. Are we ahead of the curve by getting into it and possibly where it's not really necessary at this no. point? No. Okay. So I, let me let me clarify what I consider bleeding edge versus leading edge. Okay. okay. Uh, ble- bleeding edge to me would be something that may not make it in dentistry. Okay? okay. So to me, something that would be bleeding edge would be robotic implant placers. Okay. okay? So ultimately that may prove, or MRIs even, okay? Yeah. That may prove to not be fruitful in the, within practice, okay? It could totally die. Leading yeah. edge to me is something that is without question going to happen, okay? Gotcha. We just, we just may, it just may be a little too early, like a few years too early. Like leading edge, CEREC to me was leading edge in 2001, 2002, maybe even 2005, okay? Yeah. But at this point, I wouldn't even call it leading edge. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, it's all CAD CAM in general. So that's what I mean by leading edge. I mean, to me, printing is going to be there. It's no question about it. Okay. No question. Yeah. It's just a matter of, are we, do we need it now? Do we need it two years from now? Do we need it three, four years from now? You know? Yeah. And is it, is it ready to be mainstream? No. Mainstream is my, my definition of mainstream is even different, but I don't want to <laughs> go there. Listen, how about this? We're not even mainstream on CAD CAM yet. Okay. Or oh, even, okay. or even, or even digital impressions. Okay. So, uh, uh, so, so mainstream is a totally different de- definition. I think, how about this? I think printing will go mainstream faster than, uh, uh, cone beam or faster than some of these other things that have a much higher, uh, uh, revenue producing thing simply because the cost of getting into printing will be five, ten thousand dollars Yeah, exactly. It'll be throw. I mean, for most dentists, they can afford to take a five, ten thousand dollar hit and not, you know, not, I mean, you can't afford to take a hundred grand hit, uh, you exactly. know. It, so it's a different when, thing. when you have a loan, basically it's the, the line is the loan. If you have to get yeah. a loan to buy it, you're going to really regret it if it doesn't work out. Right. But when you course. can just say, "Hey, I, go ahead and you know charge my card or you know whatever," which I guess technically is a loan, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, I, I I agree with you completely. Uh, it, okay. 3D printing is not at the same level as CAD CAM, um, so it is you know I guess I agree with it is leading edge, but it is uh, yeah I think it'll adapt a lot faster. Um, of, course, of course, everything adapts faster. I mean, history shows you that, right? Yeah. I mean, history shows you that the first iPhone had X number of penetration, and now 10 years later, who doesn't have a smartphone, right? And and the next technology that comes through will benefit from that in that uh, it'll 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 penetrate much faster than technology before it. You know, it, it's just it's the way of the world. So so tell me what what are legitimate things. A dentist could get through. Okay, so let's say I'm a, a digital impression CAD CAM owner, cone beam owner. What are the legitimate things that I can, once I learn how to do it, that I can do with uh, with printing? Okay, you can obviously you can print your surgical guides as you said okay. for two or three bucks. Okay, you can plus time. Your, go correct, correct. I, yep. Okay, but okay. honestly, it takes me maybe five minutes more at most to, to plan a, a surgical guide in Blue Sky Plan than it would in Steric. Okay. So, but but you still five minutes for you know thirty forty bucks is you yeah. you kind of start waiting your time. But anyway, what can you do functionally? You can print your surgical guides. You can print your your just study models in general. You can print wax ups, which is something I do routinely, and then uh, printing ortho aligner models. So now, when you say print wax ups, are you printing? I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay, I no, I, I, I do it all. The, I purposely do it, but um, I can't help myself. Um, when you say you print wax up, you don't literally print the wax. What you're printing is you do a digital no. design and a then print the, yeah, yeah. you print the you print the wax model essentially. 
Correct. A digital ma a wax up. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So I'll do I'll do a digital mock up wax up and then I'll print that model so then I can transfer that into the mouth. I can um, you know because I have Cirrus I can image that and then make do you know copy those crown designs whatnot. So do so, you own uh, like three shape exocad dental wings? No, just uh, Cirrus. Just Cirrus. Okay. Cirrus. So what are you doing your digital wax ups on? Uh, either in Blue Sky Plan or Mesh Mixer. Mesh. So Which one do you more? Blue, Blue Sky, Sky Plan mainly. Yeah. Interesting. Just okay. it's just it, it's a dental software. Mesh Mixer is great, but it's still not dental, so you're kind of working outside of the dental environment. Whereas Blue Sky Plan has tools that are designed to work around it. And what libraries for teeth are you using? Christian Brennis is a prosthodontist. Okay. He's he's he donated, if you will, his uh, library of teeth that he designed, and um, to Blue Sky Plan. Uh, the Buffet Bio, and they incorporated them, and they're pretty awesome. I mean, you only got one library, so that's you know that's that's. But the, can you the get downside. the dentist teeth library from Ivoclar from Dentsply? I mean, I don't I mean who makes. I I I I'm familiar with Three Shapes, so uh, yeah, you know their lab you software. Most likely not, because um, most companies are really tight with them. They think that you're going to go and print your own teeth, which is absurd. <laughs> which is which absurd, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um. It's hard to get. You could you could find some more out there, but or you could scan your own your own in. I mean, you can make okay. them. Now that takes more work. Um, but for now, what I typically do is I just use his model, his teeth, and I shape my. I can you can stretch them, you put them yeah, proportionally, sure. And then heck, you get them all done, and maybe you you want the edges a little more rounded off. Yeah, well, so I you just contour the model and just. Yeah, that's not really a the lab. Really okay, so before I interrupt you, you can do wax ups, print those models, you can do surgical guides. What else can I do with this thing? Okay, um, uh, ortho aligners. So you could do okay. your ortho aligner, like your Invisalign, you know, mild to moderate crowding type cases, and you could set them up, pay a little bit of blue sky plan. I mean, I'm not trying to endorse that specific product. Of course, I use it and promote it, but um, it's uh, $5 to design the upper, $5 to design the lower. And then you print out all the models. It tells you how many models. It does all the calculations. It runs the algorithms to figure out how the teeth move. You print the models. You do the suck downs. And now you've done your ortho. You could do a set of 10 upper, 10 lower. Um, materials would be $110. Um, you may your, as I say, you pay your assistant for it. Takes me, it takes them about two hours at most to trim those tw those 20 models. Those those and that's suck downs. Yes, thank you. That's uh, trim the suck downs. Um, so I actually just put a video up of how I polish them using the scotch okay. Bright pads. Um, but uh, now you've got um, uh, you've got maybe two hours of work. We'll say $25 on the high end for an assistant, that's 50 bucks. So okay. you've got $160 um, other than about 20 minutes of planning time for me. I spent about 20 minutes on the software designing that plan. Okay. So that's, but you're Baron Gruder, so you spend 20 minutes doing it. Okay, so so what what do you legitimately have hours? Somebody's gonna spend an hour doing it. I think an hour would be a lot of time. Okay. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I, I I I watch people, other people do you know do do the designs of my course. So I mean, I can see how quickly people can learn it. I think they can they can legitimately do um, certainly a lower a single arch. That's literally a, 50, a ten to fifteen minute process for anyone. Doing okay. multiple dual arches, that's where it becomes more complicated. When, uh, when, do you think we, when do you think we can get rid of doing the suck down on this and just print the stupid aligner? Uh, that's a ways out because the problem is, is printing a material 500 microns or half a millimeter thick and still having it to maintain dimensional accuracy is where we're, we're missing. 
and there's there's companies out there testing, but even Invisalign and ClearTrack still do suck downs. They just happen to have a machine that has a laser that cuts it out instead of an assistant. Oh, I got you. That's where they get added efficiency. But they also have an added budget. Right. They also have again ten billion dollars or whatever. You know, Invisalign I think is like a three four billion dollar market share. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So all right. Okay. What else? What can else I do? You, you can also print um, uh, custom trays. Okay. Uh, and so some people think that's dumb. You can do it with a triad. No, 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 I, no, no I don't think I, that's dumb at all. I think there's a lot of benefit to that. I, I do it on literally almost every one of my removal cases now. Let me ask so you this. Easy. Can you do a custom tray for a dentate patient, for somebody with teeth, without even taking an impression? Can you do it with just the cone beam? Yes. I, I think to it. me, that's the beauty of it. I mean, yeah, maybe it's not as custom, but it has a little extra, let's call it wax or spacer in there to accommodate where the cone beam doesn't capture the tooth data as nicely. But to me, that's that's pretty nice. And what are you doing that in? Again, Blue Sky Plan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do I do a little bit of adjustment of it in Mesh Mixer, adding like a, um, like, the handle. You know, a handle. Yeah, okay. that kind of stuff. But that's all coming to Blue Sky Plan as well. I don't mean to make this an advertisement for I just no, think no, you that's get okay. it to a point where you can do it all within the same software. Yeah, I mean, listen, time gets there, right? Ultimately, it's, it takes time, energy, money. We need more people adopting various technologies. I mean, Blue Sky Bio isn't a multi-billion dollar company, so they can't put but so much, you know, so much stuff behind it. Uh, they're led by good people. I mean, I happen not to use their product. I'm not saying it's good or bad, uh, but th that's the different reason I, I won't do it. Let's not go there right now. So, uh, um, all right. So, all right. So, you know, I, the other thing I think, uh, I would like to not take any impressions in my practice. And uh, right now, the things we're taking impressions for are guards and whitening trays and, and not even study models anymore. Well, we have been for study models because I didn't have the ability to print them. Uh, so now I think uh, that will be, to me, the next step is, is totally to get rid of impression materials. Mm -hmm. And I think, that, I think the limitation on that for me has been I've needed models, right? Uh, it's not that I've always been able to capture digital impressions for the last five years with Omnicam, but I haven't been able to print those models. And I think that's going to be the next thing for us is to be able to print them and do whitening trays and, and ultimately night guards or whatever it may be. But you can, once you print the model, then you can do the suck down night guards and all of that stuff. Exactly. And you've got a forever model. You don't have to, yeah. like, oh, did I throw away that model or whose model was that? Oh, you can reprint it. You just click exactly. print. Yeah, and that's yeah. the, okay. that's one of the things I tell everyone is if you have an or if you do any ortho in your practice, having a forever study model, you know, a, a retainer model that you could make a retainer on at any point, that's just awesome. You never have to worry about you know where the teeth were. No, that's awesome. All right, so Baron, I haven't even got to half the stuff I want to get to. All right, so let let me skip ahead to this, okay? So um, I you know selfishly I asked a lot about printing, but that. You know, that's kind of the area that, let's talk about that. Let's give you a little bit of time on uh, what you're doing, what I call outside of dentistry, outside of uh, outside of um, practice dentistry. So talk to me about how you got into your training, your speaking, and all of that stuff. So if somebody is in, is interested in doing that, how would you get into it? Um, just play and What are you doing? Kind of give people an idea of how much what, what you're doing and how much you're doing. Okay, so I, I guess I'll go through the timeline. I started posting cases. You know, what did I do as far as uh, designing surgical guides using Blue Sky Plan? That was the first step that got, got me kind of in, uh, involved. Um, that, that's actually after posting a lot of stuff on Serret um, Doctors and whatnot and getting more involved with the whole, you know, the, the outside, of, the more higher-end education, as you talked about before. Um, 
But anyway, I started posting more on cases, getting used to sharing and talking, discussing that, and then answering questions. You know, online, people on Facebook in Dentaltown, um, you know, how do you use this? How did you approach that case? Start doing that and then getting approached uh, about, hey, would it be good to run a course? Let's do a course. Let's teach some people. Or get invited to a study club or share share your ideas. Okay. So ultimately, so, so you said exactly what I wanted you to say, which is, it didn't just happen. You created yeah. it, right? I mean, it created by putting yourself out there. I mean, look, people say, well, people just ask you to speak. I'm like, yes, now they do. Okay. And you experience that now as well. But in the beginning, it was putting yourself out there. And what, what, well, one thing I would love for you to have mentioned was, uh, you have to document your cases. You have to take photographs. You know, you, you, you know, the first step, people say, I don't need photographs. I'm like, well, you need it to show your patients. You need it to market your practice. You need it to market yourself. There's so many things you can do with these, with these things. And ultimately that's how it becomes. And then, you know, you're also in a time where you can speed up what used to take, what used to be publishing articles to create notoriety is now instead of publishing an article that takes three months to get it in to publication, I can literally do something and publish it five minutes from now. Absolutely. You can complete a case today, post it tonight, and you'll have uh, so many likes and what shares. And like shares and, and conversation and discussion. Yeah. yeah. That, that's really how it worked for me, and that, that evolved into ortho, um, then getting involved with Blue Sky Plans ortho. Uh, okay. So, yeah. How much are you doing this? I mean, how often are you out and about? I, I travel once or twice a month. Uh, okay. one, one to two weekends a month of teaching. Yeah. Okay, so that's 26 times a year. Yeah, my wife would prefer it to be two. <laughs> yeah, two times a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, at, at my peak, I had done. I had done almost uh, uh, this year. I will be my peak. And it'll be forty-one weekends. So no, I don't even. I don't, that that is not a goal to aspire to. No, no, no. Of course not. But at my peak, I was doing thirty-two on the road weekends. Yeah, and. Uh, so now I'm doing uh, this year. I'll have 17 or 18 on the roll on the road. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's a different world now. Yeah. All yeah, right. My, so, my, go ahead. Keep going. I was just gonna say my my honestly my aim is around we'll say 12 to 14. And I would probably okay. I, that's probably more like what I'll do. Some months I have two, but most it's about one a month. Okay. So. Good for you. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, we got, let's spend ten more minutes on this. Okay. Um. What's the best advice you received? I mean, what's the, what would you tell somebody? You know, what 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 would you tell somebody else out there? What would you what would your message be to other dentists? Um. Okay. Don't be afraid of technology and learning about it because that is where we're going in dentistry. Um. Incorporating that's gonna I think is gonna help. Uh, with with dentistry, honestly, I throw out one just because you mentioned something that made me think about it earlier. The one course I think has been the biggest course that's affected my dentistry in general has been uh, FGCP, facially generated treatment from, planning at from Frank Beer. Beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you talked about photo ph- photography, I mean, you learn a great deal about photographing cases and patients, and then using those photographs to learn. It's both learning how to treatment plan the case, but also how you work the case, what you did. And consistency of photography. Um, it's. I mean, I'm not a photographer at all, but it's. It, my photos are fairly consistent, and it's allowed me to, um, you know, track things better and, and find things better. So anyway, I think that there's one course everyone you know needs to take is a course that course or a course like it. Learning how to treat and plan and look at a case from the big picture. It's hard to say there's anything like what Frank Spear teaches. 
Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I said it because I feel like I should. Yeah. I don't know about a course that's, that's as effective. There might be. A, I just don't know. I mean, he just has a way. Yeah. I mean, the, but okay, but so, but here's the challenge. It's $5,000. Oh, it is. It's expensive. Uh, yeah, there's your year's budget on your CE. But would you, okay, no, would, you, would you tell somebody that it is absolutely worth blowing an entire year's budget on that class? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can tell you it is. Yeah, because it, it, it is it is more than just photography it is it is understanding how you talk to people it's 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 fundamentally one of the most important things that i've learned it it allows it allows you to think backwards actually it teaches you to think from end result how to get there you know well, it, yeah i mean like like honestly the the things i'm doing right now with ortho I never would have been doing without teaching that course because that course taught me to look at tooth position, where things are, and as you said, start you know with the end in mind. And I mean, yes, you learn. Everyone says, well, you learn about treatment planning in dental school. No, you don't learn about real world treatment planning in dental school. At least I didn't. No, I mean, God. They, <laughs> and that's that's, not, that's almost disgusting that you say that. Someone told me that, and I I I mean, I saw it on a message board on Facebook, and I just thought, wow, you went to. I mean, and I'm not bashing the school I went to. I just mean it's just not the same. So what I learned there, and it, it, it told me how important it was, and is you, you know, do, approaching every mouth like a denture. Where should these yeah. teeth go? Then those teeth, then these, then these. And um, it made me look a lot bigger picture than just one tooth at a time. And for, you know, started to learn what I didn't know and what I need to learn more about. I don't want you to necessarily say numbers, but have you doubled your practice since you bought it? Mm, close no i'm about four forty well no 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 sorry i'm about seventy percent up okay that's close okay yeah. so okay so let's say i'm an existing dentist or i'm a new dentist like yourself not mean like you were back then buying a practice and my goal is hey i want to go seventy percent up what would be the one or two things you would tell somebody that that has been key or instrumental for you to get there uh, jeez. Oh, adding services, adding services, and like I like I said, learning how to treatment plan and look at the big picture. You're not just doing what was always done in the past. I and walked me through the services as you added them. Which services? So again, I walked into the practice when you bought it. I could get a cleaning services. I could get direct restorations. I could get indirect restorations. Probably, you know, not complex like twenty teeth or anything, but you know, indirect restorations. And then I could get uh, removable appliances. What did you add in, in the timeline? Because you essentially do everything now. Okay, so I guess it was first was just, you know, chairside, um, you know, ferric, you know, chairside okay. crown of bridge. Um, then started, in, became implants, single implants. Okay. Then um, um, I guess ortho would have followed after that. No, let's be more specific on ortho. What, how did you start? What kind of okay. cases did you start with? The first thing I, very first thing I did was actually clear correct training. I did that while I was in dental school because I was able to get that for free by doing it while I was in school. Okay. And then shortly thereafter, I learned in-mint aligners, which okay. is also a great sure. adjunct to yep. cosmetic That's ortho. That's Tiff Qureshi and those guys, yeah. Yep. And then from there, I went to, um, I did uh, Rick DePaul's six-month uh, breakthrough. Powerpox. Powerpox. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Similar again, to six-month uh, smiles. Actually, the precursor to six-month smiles. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then that was, again, really starting to – so I progressively got more and more teeth that I could uh, manipulate, if you will. Okay. And then I, I bought a practice, my second practice, that had a bunch of ortho cases going on that I didn't realize, that they didn't tell me about. So you and were so just thrown into the fire. Yeah, exactly. And um, that gave me the opportunity 
opportunity, that's the word I use, uh, to learn comprehensive ortho. So I took Garrity, Garrity orthodontics. Oh, I, that, you know, that, my, my dental school classmate swears by that course. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. And so I took that. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so that, that was my ortho, you know. And at what kind of time frame was that? From, from basically clear, correct, out of school to, like, comprehensive orthodontics? Was that one year, two years, four years? Four years. Four years. Four years. So I did clear correct right before I graduated, and yeah. I did um, uh, Garrity right after I bought my practice in 2014, the second practice. Okay. All right. So, that, so it's not like you did it bam, 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 bam. So you no. progressively did it. You, you could almost say a, a, a one a year. One okay. of those type of programs a year almost. Okay, good. And then, okay, so now you can do orthodontics. And then what, what's next? What else did you, what's the next thing you learned after orthodontics? Um, I got more focused on third molar extraction. Okay, and um, how did you do on that? Uh, um, Downtown CE, Jay Resnick. Jay Resnick, uh, onlineoralsurgery.com. Yeah, okay. and um, that's YouTube and then asking people online. I mean, I didn't. I did not take a hands-on course for, for thirds. Do you work with your surgeon closely to learn better or something like that? Not those things, honestly. Okay. I, I have some great surgeons I work with, but no, not really. Not. Okay. Do you, do you do all third molars, or are you pretty particular about what you'll tackle? I will do partial bony and above. Full okay. bony, I will not. And then if I okay. fully horizontal, no. Um, no. Okay. See, that, and that, see that's – I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I'm, my listeners at least. And that's important is, is, to me, one of the fears that keeps us from learning things is that we feel that we have to do – Everything. Like when you say third molars to me, I'm suddenly thinking horizontal impactions, all these crazy things. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So what you're, what you're learning and one of the skills that we all have to learn in ourselves is to pick and choose what we do. Right. You know, and know our limitations and honestly know our patient limitations, right? So for example, are you doing IV sedation? I am not. And Missouri is, <laughs> is terribly restrictive. Okay. So, no. so to me, if, if you're not doing IV sedation, to me, it's almost I mean, I, I think, I don't want to use the word, it, it's just inappropriate to do full bony extractions on your patients if you're not sedating them to a, to a level to make them comfortable. I mean, how about this? If I were a patient, I wouldn't let anybody take, well, I don't let them take out my, I just had four teeth taken out a couple of weeks ago, but I want to be sedated just for those, and they were already yeah. erupted, so, okay. And then what's next after, where are you on your implant journey? Um, I guess large I, cases? I yeah, yeah, okay. I do. Every, I mean, I, I, I used to refer them out, some of them, but I, I haven't referred one out in a few years. Okay, um, so talk to us about that journey. How did you get from New Zero implants to full arch implants? How long the timeline? Where did you learn? What did you learn? How did you learn? I guess I've been placing implants for six years. So, okay. um, you know, I, I started with um, just, you know, fairly simple singles. I, you know, I say simple. My first was an immediate upper lateral. Which is oh, about yeah, the that's worst. a simple. That's an <laughs> unbelievably simple one to start yeah, with. I, I was a twenty-six-year-old probably with the high I smile line. I, I no, but she was a smoker. Um, so that it, I just I got impatient with waiting for that yeah. golden opportunity for the simple you know implant, and I just told her up front, "Hey, this is my first one. I'm going to cut you. You know, do it less expensive. I'd like to learn. Are you willing to have me do it?" She is. Okay, great. I got to place an implant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started with that, and then um, you know, I got various you know, training at various places, um, more in-depth surgery as far as like, uh, what would you recommend to somebody um, as for far training? As what? For the training. For training. Well, there's a, there's a number of them out there, but I would they're good and reputable. I'd say the the one that I usually refer people to is uh, Garg's course. Okay, implant seminars. 
Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't take that, but I'm just, I mean, it's, it's one that's, I definitely respect the course and what they learn there. It's, it's definitely comprehensive. Another one I would recommend to our readers as well is Implant Pathway uh, from Justin Moody. Uh, he does a great job as well. Um, you know, and obviously the Mission Institute and, you know, there's White Cap. There's so many great places out there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So what are your goals? I mean, what, where do you want to be five years from now? Um, I want to have probably I, – I, at that in five years, I want to have two associates working for me so I have more freedom to not be in the office if I want okay. to. So I can, okay. And then I can um, still teach, you know, once a month. Um, I guess I I still think that the once a month is is a good, you know, still a home three weekends a month, but at the same time I get out there. That that's the the perfect goal if I, if you will. So what you're saying is once a month travel. That's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. So what about locally? Why don't you just teach at your office or do something like that? Because I'm in Kansas City. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to get to. Yeah, it is. Of the country. It is. It's, you'd think it'd be perfect because it's like smack dab in the middle of the country. Yeah. But it's not uh, Miami. It's not. So it's not. Uh, but but it's Raleigh, North Carolina isn't, and, and we're doing great. Yeah. Well, that next when I build my office, which I almost <laughs> did a year and a half ago, I decided to expand instead. But when I build an office, there will be a lecture room in there. So that you're absolutely right. That's a goal: is to be able to actually lecture at home for the weekend, as opposed to having to travel at all. But, and then that would that would free you up to. Uh, I think it allows you to engage with people more. My experience. So we we built our training center about three four years ago, three years ago, and it's allowed me to engage with people in a much deeper way. It's allowed me to have more flexibility with my my family, allowing me to you know not giving me as much. I didn't say allowing me, uh, but not giving me nearly as much grief because hey, at least I come home, I sleep at home, uh, and financially, it's allowed me to. Uh, it's given me a lot of freedom, and it's accelerated my ability to do things in my practice differently. Uh, like I can afford to hire a second associate uh, and not worry about the number crunching on that part because, you know, I've developed side income that yeah. is is significant, to be quite honest with you. Um, so I would encourage you that uh, uh, five years is, is too long of a goal for that. I think you should, I think you should draw out a plan to get there in 18 months. I'll put the numbers together. No, but that's the first step, right? I mean, yeah. is you got to figure out because ultimately, at the end of the day, what you got to say is, okay, I need to make, I'm making X, and I need to continue making X. So how do I make X without working in the practice? And then you work backwards from there, okay? So that means let's just use fake numbers here, okay, or just random numbers. Let's say I need to make 200 grand a year, okay, and now I want to work two half days, a, uh, three half days a week, or whatever it is. So that'll, I need to, you know, so let's say I want to split my income a hundred grand in the practice, hundred grand outside of the practice or whatever it may be. And just do the math backwards from there. I mean, it becomes much easier to do that. I mean, my goal is to, to get to three half days a week next year, but all right. What else are your other goals five years from now? Uh, to have Blue Sky Plan Ortho, um, cruising and being okay. the, uh, number one software for using it. Okay. And, uh, okay. So that's good. What else? What are your practice goals? Practice goals, um, like I said, to have two associates. Um, okay. I, we we built out the practice to very comfortable, comfortably seat uh, or have one full time associate with me, you know, side by side. Um, How many operatories do you have? Uh, we have seven ops, six mm -hmm. equipped, and um, do you yeah, think I you mean, could support three dentists out of seven ops? That three will be hard. Why? Uh, I think. Well, I don't know. It, it, maybe not. Uh, I mean, you, you, that would give them. You know, I like to work out of two or three ops. So I think the dentistry you want. 
to do the dentistry you want to do, you're gonna have to work out a one up. Yeah. Yeah. How many hours a week are you open? <clears throat> we are we're currently open thirty two well, yeah, thirty two because I just closed Fridays and Saturdays because I don't have an associate and I don't have the willingness to work Fridays and Saturdays. So this is another soapbox of mine. Okay. So hear me out, okay? There's hundred and sixty eight hours a week. Okay. And you're open your practice is open thirty two of them. So your facility is utilized twenty percent of the time. Okay. So what I hear over and over from people is I don't have enough space. I need more space. And the first question I ask them is, what is your utilization of your operatories? Oh, you're right. I, I could have two associates and how stagger the schedule. That'd be very sure. easy. Okay. But, so to me, I think we're getting misled oftentimes by companies wanting us to big build, big build, big buildings, to buy more equipment, things like that, that I don't think until... Until we hit a 35, 40% utilization of our facility, you know, I think it's, it's hard for me to say that uh, it makes sense to build a, build a new building. Well, yeah, my practice has been open on Fridays, every Friday for the past seven years, and I yeah. just closed them. In the la- yeah, this Friday, I worked, yeah. and that was the last Friday from now on until I get an associate to do it. And I mean, yeah. I've got the volume to support an associate, but I really, really only two to three days a week, and I haven't found one yet that wants just two to three days a week. Well, so. stay, stay true to yourself on the associate search. I, I've documented my challenges in the associate <laughs> land know. pretty well. I've had three. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, um, and my my mistake has, I'm, look, I, I say this over and over again. My mistake in the associate thing uh, is that I wasn't selfish enough in the beginning to myself and what my practice needed. Uh, so I would say don't ever um, uh, 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 stop looking for the right fit and be committed to the right fit. So yeah. what questions you got for me, Baron? Uh, how's sleep? How's, how's sleep going? Sleep dentistry. Sleep is doing unbelievable, man. We listen, we will probably hit our, our, our safe goal is 150 to 160 appliances this year. Our bold goal is 200 to 220 appliances. Wow. That's a few. Yeah, yeah no, it is. And, <laughs> And uh, we do about half of our appliances from within the practice and about half of our appliances from outside of the practice. So people were referred to you just for sleep. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of that comes through um, uh, meeting physicians, a lot of that. And I consider outside of the practice even external marketing for them. Okay, okay. so about half are our existing patient base, what okay. I call from hygiene. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and about half is from outside, which is marketing, physicians. Uh, different things like that. And I will tell you that sleep docs are my least referring physicians out there. So, you know, psychiatrists, uh, neurologists, uh, pulmonologists, GIs, those are pulmonologists and neurologists are kind of sleep docs, but uh, but that's where the majority of that's coming from. Where are you at in sleep? Um, I'm I'm just getting into it. I mean, I don't know if you know, do you know Michael Cohen? Yeah, I know Michael. Yeah, yeah, with uh, what's his sleep, what's his company called? Um, uh, awaken to sleep. Awaken to awaken sleep. Yeah. To sleep. Yeah. To yeah. sleep. Yeah. Um, he's he's awesome. I had him out to my office and um, got the train the staff trained as far as you know how to work in the office. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean th- th- that was about a month ago. Uh, and because I just sold my other practice and transitioned out the associate and so now you're ready to focus on it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So 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 listen, I like Mike. Okay. 
totally do. And this is, I, I have, I, this is just who I am. I, I've had this conversation with Mike. My only disagreement with Mike is I don't believe in third partying out HSTs unless your state requires it. Uh, I believe in providing HSTs through the office as long as your state requires it. That, that's my only disagreement. Uh, and, and that's, you know, part of his business model, certainly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he's fantastic. And that's, yeah. well, what else you got for me? Anything else? Oh, did you find you still haven't found an associate though? I do. Listen, I got one, a new, a new one, and I got number four in January, number five in January, my fifth try, and I do. I really like this guy, really do. He's January, fantastic. But you posted that that letter, like yeah, but I'm looking ago. for a third one. I'm looking. For, we're looking for a third dentist now. Okay, but oh, you said your fifth one. You mean your fifth? My fifth try at a at an associate. Oh. As okay, a second doctor, okay? okay? So, let's so you have an that. associate, but you're looking for a second associate. Yes. And that's what I mean. You still haven't found the second one yet. You're still auditioning no, for that? No, we, 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 we met a guy that I, I liked, that I thought could be a good fit, but he wanted full-time, and I, I'm not quite, we're not quite there yet in the practice. Yeah. Um, and, I, and the other thing is, being true to myself, I think we would compete for some of the same patients. And selfishly, I'm not willing to give up the surgery. That's what I want to do. Uh, I still, I still want to work. Uh, so we don't have enough surgery to keep both of us happy. Uh, so, um, so that's one challenge there. Uh, but I think uh, our goal is by the fall to bring in a two or three day a week person and then hopefully by mid next year to go full time. And then that'll allow me to go to, my goal is to go to three half days, uh, by, by middle of next year. Gotcha. By the end of the school year is, is my goal. My other goal is, is to take the entire month of July off next year. 2018. That's an interesting month. Okay. Well, and the kids are out of school. Yeah. So we have, we can have the entire month together. Um, uh, so, and then August, we get out in June, uh, and June's still quite busy at the office. And then August, yeah. they go back to school. So in August is not a good time. So I want to take essentially basically from July 4th on the whole month out. You mentioned use, utilizing your practice more efficiently. How many, what days of the week are you open? So we're open five days a week. Okay. Uh, and we're open eight to five, but how do you, how yeah. do you deal with that with staff? Because that's the thing that I've had the biggest struggle with is um, the the, uh, the we, a, we don't have we don't have any staff members. We have all team members. All team members. I I, <laughs> I, 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 I never refer to them that way either. I don't know why I did now. Okay. How many, how do you approach your team members about that? Because my team knows that I I do pay it if it happens, but we aim not to have overtime and. On yeah, a four-day so, week, that's usually 36 hours, even yeah. though we, we call it 32. Yeah. Um, how do so you everybody? That? Everybody in my practice is a salary employee. Uh, okay. Uh, so but can uh, you do that with non? Uh, there's like certain rules about um, what is it exempt and non-exempt. You have to have a bachelor's for not with all this other junk. I, look, I have no earthly idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all I can tell you is uh, is uh, everybody's salaried. We don't clock in. We don't clock out in our practice. There's no time clock there. Uh, if you, if you, if you feel that you've worked and you're owed some time and you take half Friday off, take half Friday off. Just, just talk to our, our practice administrator about that and make it happen. It's the, it's an honor system. And to me, the key with the honor system is we're surrounded by people who are honorable. And, uh, and if you're not honorable, I, I fish that out pretty quick. Um, so we, we just don't have that as an issue. Uh, I truly say that. Uh, and I'm up front when I hire people. I say, listen, uh, we want you for five days a week. Uh, so at some point, if if you're absolutely saying to me that you'll never be able to work five days a week, even for a short period of time, then this is not the right fit for you. 
So, you know, we're, we're just adamant about that. Uh, so, uh, and, and that's why we've had turnover. We're, we had turnover three years ago because we went through a transition in our practice of getting to where I wanted to get to. Because three years ago, I was working four full days and it was nonstop. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I gotcha. That makes sense. So, yeah. That's, well, Baron, that's go, my, go ahead. I was going to say, that's my current struggle with Fridays. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Well, yeah. well you know, you know, ultimately... You know, I mean, money talks sometimes that incentivize people sometimes to do things. Yeah. And and ultimately, uh, you know, sometimes you can shift people. And maybe on Fridays you don't need a – like on Fridays we don't have a full crew. Yeah. Okay, so on Fridays we have, you know, two-thirds of a crew. Uh, so uh, so it, it's, it's available. It's possible. You know, I'd like to add Saturdays to my practice. Uh, but we got we to gotta make Monday through Friday – it's full, but we got to make it flow and be ideal for us before I'll add Saturdays and and uh, stuff like that. So we'll see. Gotcha. Well, Baron, I hope uh, I hope this is easier and better than you expected. Uh, I uh, I do appreciate you being on. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way. Just my name, Baron Grutter. And what's your email address? My email address is b grutter. That's g r u t t e r d d s at gmail dot com. And do you welcome people to email you? That's fine. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. So so if you have any questions about Blue Sky Bio, Blue Sky Plan, Blue Sky Ortho, Blue Sky, God knows what else they have, <laughs> Blue Sky Box, you know, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Baron is a great resource. Uh, you're involved with the Blue Sky Academy as well? Correct. Yep. Okay. So that's a wonderful resource for those of those of you that are interested in their particular products and line of products. Uh, so that would be blueskybioacademy.com. Blueskybio.academy. Blueskybio.academy uh, as well. So uh, uh, so certainly, uh, Baron, I want to wish you good luck. I want to thank you for being on. And uh, I enjoyed our conversation. Selfishly, I actually learned a lot of things. So that's good. Well, good. Thanks a lot, Timon. I appreciate your help. You have a good one. That's it. Take care. Enjoy your family. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.